We're going to be off our game this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. I've slept. I have less stress today. Drew yeah. hasn't been working 48 hours straight. Yeah. It's down to 46. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. The other night, my boss teams me at about like 1230 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm signing off. Unlike you, the rest of us need time to recharge and sleep. (laughs) Give me 20 minutes. I'm fine. You know, Dan, I don't really imagine you sleeping. I imagine you've got like a little Borg alcove, you know, (laughs) you just kind of like plug into. That's that's, that's my like imagination of how this like, you know, you just kind of slot in. I dream of electric sheep. Yes. Church in space. Welcome, everybody, to Church in Space in 3D. Hey, I have taken control of the podcast by slaying all the dragons again. So <laughs> That was uh, fun, though. I know, but I've, I've returned control to where it rightfully sits. Um, <laughs> our topic here today is worst treatment of religion in science fiction. We often talk about how Star Trek is kind of just a-religious in mm-hmm. its broad outlook. But what are the worst treatments of religion in video games or in science fiction or whatever, you know, that we can think of. So, Drew, you said you've got one. So yes. we're going to start with you. Yeah. The Mandalore and The Way. Worst. Interesting. Okay, same more. The one that I can think of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same more. <laughs> I mean, like, uh-huh. and, and like the Jedi Order, mm-hmm. thinking about Star Wars as a whole, like yeah. post, post Order 66, mm-hmm. any type of religion is viewed badly. As in, like, oh, hey, the, because of the Jedi, any organized religion... You know, could come Mm. up and rise up and kill a whole bunch of people. Right. And start another Clone Wars. Yeah. Which I find fascinating and something I don't think they touch enough on, but they totally can with the Disney expanded universe. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say Star Wars Star Wars treatment in general of religion kind of exists in this halfway zone between like it's just ritual and like it's actually living God kind of thing, you know, yeah. like yeah. It, it is it's very mushy, you know, juxtaposition almost yeah. within the same religion. Right. <laughs> theology. Yeah. Right. And furthering on that is the Sith, right? Mm-hmm. How can you have a religion that is only two at a time? Well, cause the Sith came from a literal planet. Right. Yeah. Well, and I and mean, it wasn't only until like what right. a couple generations before Order 66, that the rule of two was even put into place. Right. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I and thought that it was, But that was because they were so self-defeating, right? Yeah. In their, like, outlook. The Sith Empire kept collapsing on itself because yeah. all the Sith Lords started trying to take control. Yeah. Which, yes, you know, that is a kind of, like, self-defeating enterprise. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just don't see how, even given that, mm-hmm. you know, how it, how a religion can survive that long. Mm-hmm. To continue in any way, shape, or form, right? With only two, right? Yeah. Not just, yeah, and even before the only two, just where the whole object is to become the most powerful, right? The whole power and, and wipe is... out the competition. I mean, right. you, you keep limiting the pool of followers. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you kill your followers, you you limit how many there will be. Exactly. Yeah, that's why they went with droids. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good point. Right. Absolutely. But getting back to, like, Mandalore, I mean, um, if you look at the first couple of seasons of The Mandalorian mm-hmm. um, and The Way, they, like, almost, I mean, was it the last season, they almost get killed by the other Mandalores, mm-hmm. uh, Mandalorians, and and vice versa. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, they're both looking down on each other and not quite killing each other like Mandalorians used to do, but yeah. at the same time, I 
thought they were going to do that. Yeah. 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 I don't know. To me, I don't necessarily see that as a bad treatment of religion in that it almost seems to be representing how there are schisms within the same religion. Hmm. Like you have the followers of the way who are definitely the fundamentalists, you know, the very diehard. And then you have the rest of Mandalore, which is kind of the way secular society tends to treat its religion. You know, you go on Sunday, you do your liturgy, Mm -hmm. and then you go around outside of the temple or church or whatever, and you just live your regular life, and the religion doesn't really enter into it. Yeah. You know, so the rest of Mandalore, sure, they take their helmets off and all that. Follow Mm -hmm. the way. No. Right. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's apostasy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the closest thing that I could come up with. No, but I think it's a good, because I do think, right, what exactly... What's Han Solo's lines? Hokey religions and oh, yeah. <laughs> no match for a blaster camp, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, hokey religions and ancient weapons are no, no yeah. match for a blaster, right? It's like that seems to be Star Wars in general, you know? Yeah. But Except yeah. for the hokey religion actually killed him. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, at the end. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you want to go next, Dave? It was, it was your idea. Sure. <laughs> um, I will go with. One that I'm not saying that the whole series is bad. I'm just saying Indiana Jones treatment of religion kind of drives me crazy, you hmm. know, because it seems to operate from the perspective that it's all true. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and at some point I want to say there these are competing claims, <laughs> especially from the Raiders to the Lost Ark to Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. And it's like, which one is it, buddy? <laughs> Is it Yahweh or Shiva? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Except I think in today's terms, I would uh-huh. say it's inclusive. It's inclu- yeah. It is inclusive, but it's like inclusive. Like, I, I just want Lucas to like, I want Lucas and Spielberg to like, okay, give me the cosmology here then. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, but in our Q&A sessions, mm-hmm. you know, you've brought up the fact that in there, the early Bible, yeah. it, it, it did. Yes. But there was the belief that there were multiple gods. Right. And, and the one we, the Abrahamic God was simply the God of Israel. Right. And that, and that could be it. You know, maybe the, I just want that like spelled out a okay. little bit more, you so know, it's kind of my. George, you're going old school. Yeah. Are we going old, old part school? Of the old Testament. Are we going old school henotheism here? Or like, what is it? You okay. know, because okay. he goes to India and the stones of Shiva or Kali or whatever they yeah. are, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it's, I think Kali is the ultimate one that they're. Yeah, it's a Kali or... The death cult. The death cult, right, right. So that's kind of my... That would be my pitch. Because, like, I I just want... I want better... I want a more... I want a systematic theology of the Indiana Jones universe. So as long as it has a systematic theology, you're okay. It would be better. But, like, we haven't gotten that yet. So until it... I mean, he's a professor. He could write a systematic theology. (laughs) And more than likely, he would. Yeah, Yeah, right? You know? Given the archaeological artifacts he goes for... Right. They do all tend to be religious. Right. Yeah. I also want to know how. See, I, I think it's a it's a bad treatment of religion in that it, it doesn't play with some of the interesting things that could happen. Like, I want to know what Indiana's religious outlook is, given that he has found the true Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. and found out it had mystical powers. He has found the Holy Grail, <laughs> mm-hmm. and a dude who'd lived for nine hundred years <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, and he found know? a cult of death that he, actually worked. That actually yeah. worked, right? Yeah. You know, in addition to the aliens, and I haven't seen the new one. Well, but, that, you know, but that and that's but, that's my point with this, right? Yeah. I think that's part of what makes the first three movies strong. The first uh-huh. three movies mm-hmm. do have this element of respect for religion. Yes, from he, a very mm-hmm. agnostic 
skeptical um, professor. S- skeptical professor, but a rational respect, right? Yeah. He's yeah. seen it melt people's face off and yeah. all these collapsed temples. and But all three of those original trilogy of Indian uh-huh. do have that element. Right. But Crystal Skull suddenly throws it out the window. Right. Well, and I want to know let's what... Let's suddenly throw Crystal Skull out the window. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, it never happened. Yeah. Um, but, like, I want to know what in his Indiana's, like, does he go to church faithfully? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. these experiences would shake a person to the core. Yeah. And even if he didn't go to one single established religion, having seen that three distinct religions are all working and all valid... Right. <laughs> he would have shaped some kind of theology, even if it's only his own. Right. But he would deeply believe in whatever it was. Right. Well, you got to think young versus old Indiana, because young one was brought in up in a church, right, with mm-hmm. his father. Yeah. And then when he actually became an adult and did his archaeological archaeological adventuring, because that's not a hard thing to say at all. <laughs> right. Um, you, you would think. <laughs> yes, but I mean, finding all of the different, uh, yeah, you know, all the different religions, he would have his own faith. Yeah, idea. Right. Yeah. That would be a very interesting. Would be an interesting, right? Yeah. Like I want it, and that's what yeah. drives me crazy about it. Like Indiana on his deathbed, is he getting last rites? Is he getting circumcised? Yeah, <laughs> you know, is he like going to temple? Like what's his? Well, hmm. yeah, you is know? he going to the yeah. Ganges right. to be purified? Yeah. Right. Like what's he? You know, what's he doing? Like I want to know. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah. I, I'm with you 100. percent I didn't think of that before. Mm-hmm. But yes, if I'm exposed to three distinctly different religions, and all three are showing they're real, uh-huh. I'm going to be doing some serious thinking. <laughs> it's an earth-shattering yeah. like, experience. And yeah. yet every movie is just kind of like, eh. <laughs> Which I get it. That's who Indiana is. Fair enough. But in my head, I'm kind of like, people would renounce all their earthly possessions and like go live in a hut praying somewhere after having one of these experiences. Much less well, three yeah. of them. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and, so what you're saying is Indiana should start a cult. Oh, like he'd be a monk like on Mount Athos somewhere, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like something like that. He knows the cosmic truth. Right. Yeah. He like has found the, like he'd be the madman wandering around the university campus like in nothing but his a bed sheet. Like, yeah. you yes. know, like, <laughs> Yeah. hadn't shaved in two weeks. I have found the, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But he comes back and he just starts grading papers. You know, and again, I get it. That's that's Indiana Jones. But yeah. in my head, I think there's a lot of fruit for development there that never gets hit on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know? I agree. I agree. Boy, a rich fruit, too. Yeah. And he obviously, even when we join him in the first movie, he knows because when he and Miriam are tied up, Remember, he tells yeah. her, don't look. He knows what's yeah. going right. to happen. Right. And that's what's cool about the first one, right? Is like he has this moment of like going from this is just an intellectual exercise to this is serious. You know, and that's mm. kind of the arc of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> I'm proud of that one. <laughs> the arc arc. Uh, I like that. <laughs> uh, that's the trajectory, right? Of that mm. storyline is both interpersonally, right? He goes from Miriam's just a joke to I take her seriously to then. It's true about the stuff, too, right? This is just an intellectual exercise, like how Belloc, the French guy, treats it. Yeah. You know, to, oh, no, we got to take this, like, this is serious, you know? And I think that's a cool arc. But, like, right, then then I want to know, what's the fruits of that labor? (laughs) You know? Yeah. What are the implications of all that? Yeah, I like that. I'm with you 100% Mm -hmm. with that one. Dan, 
This is a tough one because I've got some really obscure stuff, so I don't want to get into that because I have a habit of derailing our conversations when I, I do that. Why I'm, would we do uh, something I'm, like that? Yeah. Like, I'm fine with obs- I like your obscure. You're our deep cut expert. I like. <laughs> well, so so that's the reason why we do it, Dan, right. so that more people hear this and more people get more educated. I okay. mean, we're sitting right. here talking about Star Wars and Indiana Jones, right? <laughs> and you're going to pull just, out some 1920s sci-fi classic. That's yeah. fine. I love it. You know, and you are correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am, for this one, I'm uh-huh. going to go back to our good buddy, H.P. Mm. Lovecraft. Okay. Okay. And that is because today mm-hmm. we talk about Cthulhu and the gods that H.P. Lovecraft writes about yeah. as gods. But right. when you actually read Lovecraft... They're like aliens. They are aliens, aliens They're right. alien monsters. They're right? the elder ones. They're these really super, 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 super old alien races. Right. And, you know, they've had their wars and their battles and all that. Mm-hmm. But they are not actually gods. He never yeah. delves into that aspect of it. He he right. gets into enough of it for the horror because they're so strange that they're incomprehensible. Yeah, right? that's kind of that's Love's Grass. And, and they right? do end up having a cult, mm-hmm. but it's not really a religious cult. The cult members right. they kind of they understand that these are not gods; they're just super powerful aliens, mm-hmm. and so they're basically just sucking the aliens' buttocks. Yeah, you know, as a cult. Mm-hmm. But Lovecraft never crosses the line into religion. And let's face it, even knowing they were aliens, that mm-hmm. cult would really start worshiping them as gods. And when they actually manifested, yeah. like they do in the books, yeah. people, other people beyond the cult would turn it into a religion, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, you do want to yeah. kind of sometimes ask, like, what's the status of New England after Cthulhu popped out of the sea? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, but it just kind of keeps going on. It's like, yeah. okay. And the university there, you know, yeah. the whole... Yeah, it just... I love them as horror stories, uh-huh. but I love them from my memory of reading them when I was super young. Yeah. Mm. As an adult, I just see too many holes mm-hmm. in that. Heaven knows, everybody who knows me on the creative side, my creative circle... Yeah. Knows that I am obsessed with cohesive world building. Yeah. <laughs> and it drives me crazy when authors leave these big holes. Right. And so from a religious perspective, I hate how Lovecraft treats his universe. There's the tension there of like the short story author who like playing around with the concept. You yeah. Know? But he did mm. so much, so much of his oeuvre yeah. <laughs> you know, was, right. was this universe. Right. Right, um, and that's the difference is that he then started wandering into, like, they're all set in this, you know... Yeah, in this, this specific section of New England. Right, and, in this Lovecraftian universe yeah. that they... Yeah. And he did think about stuff kind of in mm-hmm. depth. I mean, if you look at the letters that he and Robert E. Howard exchanged, he's got a lot of backstory in his head. Right. He doesn't let go of it enough to let it really imbue his universe mm-hmm. with that extra element of reality so that's tough he was a bit of a snob i think is the way the best way to put it <laughs> yeah, yeah. when you read his letters he was an elitist without yeah. any doubt right he was elitist he was racist he was yeah yeah all kinds of things yeah like i mean lovecraft has lots of problems yeah like, and that may be why maybe he thought oh you know his readers were too stupid to get the full breadth of what he had in his right. head everybody nobody can understand yeah <laughs> my right. art yeah know? my art <laughs> but <laughs> It still irritates me. You know, yes. it, it, there's so much more potential in those mm-hmm. those short stories that, yeah. 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 We've talked about it before in the podcast about what would happen if aliens came down from 
came down to earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is kind of just enough on the subject, but just not fleshed out enough. And yeah. it's just really just, just straight up disturbs you. <laughs> right. <does>. Yeah. <laughs> not the horror aspect, but the disturbing part for you is just, it, okay, not enough world building. Yes. Right. <laughs> Make it complete. Right. No. Complete it. Dang it. <laughs> Work through the implications of your storylines. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's why people who write these voluminous tomes, what, you mm-hmm. know, Frank Herbert and Tolkien, yeah. It doesn't bother me that the books are so thick because they're showing me they've really thought this world through. Yeah. Although I'm my next one is going to be Herbert. Okay. <laughs> Specifically Herbert in the later books, Heretics and Chapter House Dune. Spoiler alert if you haven't read them, but <laughs> there's this moment in Chapter House where they suddenly, the Benny Jesuit, just suddenly, they're like, oh, by the way, we know about this hidden enclave of Jews. <laughs> 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 you know, and you're like, Okay, the whole Herbert religious ethos is that, you know, it is so far in the incomprehensibly in the future that almost everything is slightly alien. Yeah. You know, yeah. that that all the religions have kind of merged in their own strange way from like the Orange Catholic Bible to like the Zen Sunni wanderers. But the Jews <laughs> Have a little hidden enclave on Giddy Prime. <laughs> Wait a minute. Either all traditional religions are gone. Right. And mm-hmm. they've all... Or they're not. Right. Well, given that, let's dig a little deeper. Why do you think he would have done that? What was he trying to say by saying there was still this enclave? The story says that, like, this is the Jewish solution to, like, the endless cycle of pogroms. You mm-hmm. know, it's, like, explicitly what's said. It's, like, to just be so hidden that, like, the world didn't know they existed, you know, besides, like, the Bene Gesserit. And... Story-wise, they're fleeing from, like, the people that are hunting them. The leftover, the Bene Gesserit remnants are like, well, we know where to hide, you know, and they hide with community of Jews, you know, that yeah. they find. And it's like, so I, I get it. It's like, they're almost like the counter Bene Gesserit, where the Bene Gesserit are out in the open. They're, like, totally hidden, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, like, okay, again, I, I understand it. It's just like, Herbert, man, like... <laughs> yeah, but, know? I mean, in that light, uh-huh. that... Judaism makes sense because there has been so much persecution. It is a logical conclusion. It's just like, it is so random. Yeah. You know, it is so like... I, so how he brings it in yeah, is what the yeah. issue is. It is right. Okay. It's, it's okay. not that it's not internally coherent. Like, I get it. It's so out of the blue. And it's so opposed to every other aspect of religion in his book, which is like that this in- inexorable march of time has merged and confused all things yeah you know we're like they don't even remember earth anymore uh, yeah there's no problem with judaism it's just like out of this in- inexorable march where everything's been touched by the butlerian jihad mm-hmm. and and religions have merged and combined and you know humanity has been around for tens of thousands of years you're telling me out of all of that <laughs> Suddenly, this one thing is exempt yeah. from yeah. all that beautiful world building, you know. Okay, I, and that I needed yeah. to clarify. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so it wouldn't have mattered any traditional religion. Yeah, I, literally, he, he could have said he just... found Hindus or he found Christians. Yeah. You know, like if he had found Orthodox Christians, I would have been similar feeling. It's like, wait, you're telling me that everything was touched except this you know, one. Yeah, he, he could have said I found Lutherans, and I'd be like, wait, <laughs> like it's just as random, you know. <laughs> It's like huh? I have that same reaction when I see Lutherans today. I, I mean, have, right. I was like you're you're real, uh, you know, um, right? And so it's really more about like this counter thing of like everything has been merged and changed about human culture, mm-hmm. 
and yet <laughs> here is here's this one little enclave. Here's this one little yeah. enclave. It's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't fit. Like it's it's like the game from Sesame Street. One of these things is, is not like, like the, the other. other. You yeah. know, and it's like this is different from literally every other religious aspect. <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. And of especially this. given how important geography is in the old testament. Right. Place is very Place important. And, yeah. Right. Rootedness. And it's like Again, it's not about Jews per se. It's just about surprise. Surprise! Here's yeah. this one thing that has remained unchanged throughout the, all the eons. That doesn't match the entire rest of the universe I've created. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that I can accept yeah. because yeah. it did irritate me. Yes, that <laughs> I was enjoying being in this universe that was so fully and completely different from it's mine. So, mm-hmm. and that's what's right. It it is the most perfectly constructed universe up to that moment. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. No, I get it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Herbert. Yep. Or to quote Star Trek's episode, The Way to Eden. Mm-hmm. Herbert. 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 <laughs> yes. You got another one, Drew? Only other thing I can think of is uh, Doctor Who with the church is like this giant empire trying to kill everybody. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a mm-hmm. common. It's not even unique to them. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, and my, the low-hanging fruit for me is Star Trek, particularly the old show. The later iterations of Star Trek do show a little more thought about their handling mm, of religion. Yeah. But the old series, the original series, it couldn't decide what it wanted. <laughs> On the one hand, you have Who Mourns for Adonais, where Apollo is real. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and yeah, well, you have something where the god is a fake uh-huh. or seems to be real and they challenge Kirk and Kirk says, well, the one God is good enough for us. <laughs> right. You know, so you get this distinctly theological, the episode bread and circuses, bread and circuses where you it's know, like, right. The son of God. Yeah. If only we could stay and watch it all over again. Over like, again. Right. So they're so blatant in that one. <laughs> yeah. of like, yeah, it's going to hit you over the head with the Christian message on this one. Right. And then two episodes later, it's like, there is no God. Stop believing you foolish humans. Right. I don't really care which side it took. But please pick one. But be consistent. Again, yeah. the, the consistency of the world building. Right. And that's what I like, appreciate about the later mm. Star Trek series, because mm-hmm. they do spend more time thinking it through. Yeah, they think it through a little bit more. Look at how Klingons and mm. the worship of Kalos. Yep. yet he is not a god, which is fascinating to me. You have the Bajorans, who definitely have the gods. Right. But Klingons, they know that Kalos was a mortal warrior. And yet he takes on messianic... Qualities. Qualities, yeah. right? Like he'll come back, he'll return, you know... Yeah. Worf has that great line where, what are the Klingon gods? We killed them. Yeah. <laughs> I find that utterly fascinating. Yeah. In, in, in the sci-fi world, I find that as fascinating mm-hmm. as in the real world, I find the whole Viking pantheon and theology yeah. where, where the gods die. Right. And everybody knows it. Right. It That's... just fascinates me a bit. It's such a difference from all the rest of the world's religions. Klingon religion is fascinating because it's a theisticless religion yeah you know a theistic theology right yeah. it's got no god but it's highly religious yeah you know ritual like, worship liturgy it's all and, there right it's all there and in fact our whole society revolves around it right yeah yeah, yeah. all right on to our game okay all right game uh our game <laughs> is this comes from uh a twitter user who had a something some star wars account on twitter that was posting and asked this one question: What is the one change you would make to the prequels? You could only make one change. Yeah. What is the one change you would make? I have an in-depth thread on my my one <laughs> change, okay. so I will do another one. Uh, 
just just to not because that one change has a a lot of implications my other one but uh this one i will say i want dooku in phantom menace <laughs> somehow <laughs> and and i was proved to this by those little star wars shorts yeah mm-hmm. which proved that duke is a far more compelling character than i gave him credit for yes. oh absolutely yes. you know and i want him involved somehow you know i i think not tracing him from the very beginning mm-hmm hurts the prequels in some ways. So I, I, I would love a, I mean, a Dooku mini arc in, in The Phantom Menace. And isn't that a delicious irony? Yeah. <laughs> that Dooku is a far more complex and interesting character mm. in the cartoon than in yeah. the human movie. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a great way to not waste Christopher Lee's acting abilities. <gasps> yeah. and, you know, yeah. and you totally could have inserted him on Coruscant when they went... Coruscant or... Uh, doing the, the Jedi Temple. It would be a really mm-hmm. cool, yeah. like, Parallel to Anakin of like, you know, Dooku kills Darth Maul and, you know, does what Luke won't, you know, and and kills the apprentice and becomes Sidious's student, you know, and there'd be a cool kind of parallel. And it would highlight, in quotes, reality of the Mm. Sith much more. Yeah, because the way it's portrayed, the Sith keep getting contaminated by Jedi goodness. Yes, (laughs) right. They keep getting it right. And this would be a, it would do, it would be interesting, you know, and I would, I would like to see. Those Star Wars shorts convinced me there there was much material to be had with Dooku in Phantom Menace. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yeah, because mine, mine is simple and probably resonates with people who aren't necessarily sci-fi nerds. Mm -hmm. Okay. Recast Anakin Skywalker, (laughs) the younger and the elder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The scripts were Lucas scripts, so you need really, really, really good actors to make Lucas scripts come out decently, <laughs> because they are written so poorly. Even then, it's hard. Yeah. It's almost yeah. nigh impossible. <laughs> and, and I just don't think either actor for Anakin mm-hmm. was up to the task. At the very end, when Hayden's going, has turned into Vader, mm-hmm. and realizes what he's become, that, that just the way he says no, it's like... Rehearse much? I mean, right. you know, yeah. put some energy into that. It's, well, actually, on, that wasn't Earl even Jones. him. Yeah, yeah, that was James Earl Jones. That's bad writing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but even, yeah, the motion of it, everything. Mm. It just, Hayden, he comes across just so There's flat. There's been a lot of, like, revisionism of the prequels that I think mm. is based actually more on the cartoon Clone Wars. Yeah. You know, where it's like everybody's looking at it through the cartoon, and it's like, no, you got to remember, we watch these movies mm-hmm. just as the movies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like... It's like, yes, the Clone Wars did much to flesh out Anakin, but we didn't have that. We went yeah. from episode one to Clone Wars. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> which was a really difficult transition. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. The irony to me is I know they could have pulled out a better performance mm-hmm. from both the Anakin actors. Yeah. Because Hayden now yes. playing Vader good. is really good. He's really good. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. what about you? What's... Oh, it's definitely Qui-Gon doesn't die. Yeah, see, that was my that was my yeah, thread. Um, on, I was like, no, that's like die. The, <laughs> that is the absolute for a bunch of reasons. Uh-huh. But going off of like the tales of the Jedi with Qui Gon, yeah. I want to see Qui Gon and Obi Wan when and just all the sass that would have came out of that, mm. like that, like would be just comedic right. gold. But as in like the lasting effects, you know, you don't have the chosen one more than likely be corrupted by Palpatine. Um, you have someone that would be on the council with Dooku. That would be like the, but like my version of this was like 
like Qui-Gon dies in episode two battling Dooku. So instead of Yoda, it'd be Qui-Gon showing up? Right, Qui-Gon and, and Dooku, you know, mm. battling it out. Yeah. And then it's Master and Apprentice. And, well, know, I mean, it, was yeah. our, it wasn't it Master and Apprentice with Dooku and Yoda? It was, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I just think it's better with... And again, I, don't remember, at the time I loved Yoda, I was like, yeah! You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I love seeing the little green guy just flip around, you know, yes. go for it. But I think I'm with you. I, I think Qui-Gon living is like the obvious. Yeah. You know, I mean, the betrayal would be a lot more personal for right. Qui-Gon than it would, would be for Yoda. Right. I, I like that because we could have explored based on the shorts mm-hmm. and seeing Dooku, how he turns to the dark side. Yeah. Mm. Dooku was right. Yes. Yeah. He you know, was. and he right. could have saved the Jedi. Right. Yeah. If they, if he had stayed and managed to get on the council, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he was. I, I almost feel like there needs to be a bumper sticker that just says Dooku was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dooku was right. <laughs> Dooku was right. Yeah. No, I mean it's true, right? And yeah, there's just there's a lot there if Qui Gon survives. And I, you know, I said this. I've said this a lot on this podcast and elsewhere. But the strength of Phantom Menace is also the weakness of the prequels in that Phantom Menace has the two best characters of the whole prequels, mm-hmm. Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. <laughs> they were defeated. They both didn't die. They both, well, but that's the problem, right? They were such good characters mm-hmm. that they had to bring them back. Yes. You know, because they were actually the strongest characters. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, but it's like, that's its weakness is that the two best characters, parentheses, quotation marks, They were marks, defeated. Just, they, they, defeated. Did, they were defeated. And yeah. they go away and we never see them again in the movies. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's like... And he's, Maul is so rich right. in the oh. non-movie stuff. Right. And it's like, oh. and he's so good that we bring him, we keep bringing him back, you know, what, we brought him back in name? Solo. And, um, is it Sam Whitmer? Whitmer, something like that? No, 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 no. For Maul? Yeah. The um, voice. No, the voice, yeah, I think it's yeah. Sam Whitmer. The actor was Ray Park. Ray Park, yeah. No, but um, the the voice actor yeah, definitely yeah. makes it so much better. What's funny is, you know, he's portrayed so brutally, mm-hmm. and even his appearance, yeah, and yet his voice is so elegant and yep. refined. Yeah. Oh right. gosh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he does Palpatine too. I am amazed at how many different people the animated series have had doing Palpatine. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, even Tim Curry was Palpatine for a few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And yet they managed to do the sound processing and the actor training enough that they sound very similar. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny. It's, it's like probably the one role I've seen Tim Curry play without going over the top. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what's great about Tim Curry, right? That's, that's why you get Tim Curry. Yes. Go over the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I like all those. We're all on the same. I like all yep. those changes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. Good changes. Well, a good, if somewhat low energy episode. All right. All right. Well, this has been Church in Space. In In 3D. Goodbye. Everybody? No. Okay. No. No. Sorry. Yeah, that's just, no. Life has just begun? (laughs) No. Oh, well. What was? What did you tell me the other day? There's not enough ways in the English language to say no. That, yeah, right. There's not enough letters in the word no to describe the no-ness of my answer. I don't know. If, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, it was something there aren't enough letters then... in the word no to, to describe the no-ness of my answer. And yes, that is our outro. Yeah. It meets any hey, Dan, yeah, Drew we can do. Yeah. <laughs>